Hey everybody, this is Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Today we are getting back together with Colin of Queer Cosmos. Colin and I were originally on the podcast together on episode 68. I am very... I. I like to re-listen to my episodes with my guests before I re-record, so it becomes like a continuation of our conversation. And I feel like Colin is just right at the intersection of astrology and relational dynamics, uh, basically how people work and how people work together. Um, I am so into it. He's such a good pop culture and intellectual sort of academic geek all at the same time, which is my one of my favorite hybrids of people. Uh, so much fun to talk to Colin. We cover the spread today, but my focus was on values. I talk about values not infrequently on the podcast, um, and so does Colin. And I wanted to just kind of dig into how he finds his values and you know what frameworks he does to support them. And it's actually really fun because towards the beginning of the episode, you'll hear like we both kind of come to values from a different framework and a different lens, but essentially like utilizing them in the same way to help us guide in our decision makings um, and in our lives. And honestly, what I've found is most people live lives by default. Very few actually live their life by design and figuring out what is truly important to them, uniquely to them, because each and every human is a unique design, I believe, from the universe. I say this every week at Facky Dance Party Aerobics, that I believe each and every human is one in infinity, that there's only ever going to be one of you in all of time and space. Um, and I think our values are kind of uniquely how we exist. But we are in these cultures that teach us uh, or basically hold our uh, belonging hostage to our conformity. And it takes a lot of effort um, in order to like kind of pull your brain away from the matrix. I feel like my life has been a series of red pill, blue pill moments, if I can borrow the matrix example. I can never remember which color is the one for freedom, but I just keep picking the freedom one and just like continuing to expand. Oh, that was just a conditioned belief. That wasn't actually how I want to be in the world and just continuing to extract myself from the matrix. Recently, um, I've been really <laughs> noticing about time, like the matrix of time um, and how time is just this like creation that we all kind of agree to, but it's slightly arbitrary. I really like to, as much as I possibly can, extract myself from like time, which is hard, right? Because I do have commitments and obligations and accountability. Um, but I like to extract and just focus more on light and season and uh, nature and what's going on sort of naturally. I really love when my body aligns with what's going on in the world around me. Anyway, I'm so glad you're here for my conversation with Colin, um, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But first, I'd love to tell you about the best way to support this podcast is through my Patreon page. I am an entirely supported artist via Patreon, meaning um, I have a membership support site, which creates value for folks like you uh, by creators like me. Um, it's a safe and secure site. They handle the membership. You can join uh, monthly. It's, uh, it starts at two bucks a month. You get access to upwards of six Zoom aerobics classes per month, plus spiritual self-care teachings. I do an exclusive podcast about self-care, um, and which has Reiki healing and meditations and things like that um, over on the Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash FKDP, which stands for Fat Kid Dance Party, which is my aerobics class for anyone who feels left behind by mainstream fitness. If you've ever been called too fat, too much, or felt too awkward to dance, 
minus the supportive class for you. I also have a full membership at 25 bucks a month. It's kind of like a self-care membership or a fitness membership um, commensurate to that where there are, you get access to all the things I've already said, plus pre-recorded aerobics classes. I hike into the woods every week and record a fresh class. There is always a 10 minute, a 20 minute, two 55 minute classes, a chair aerobics class, and a 45 minute canna size class, which is slower, more repetitive choreography to accompany an optional cannabis experience. So if any of that sounds like it's a delightful self-care support to you. I would love if you would consider. Su- Welcome to the podcast, Colin. Thank you so much for having me here. It's an honor to be back. Uh, I'm so excited to have you back, my Gemini. Do you identify as a king? Is that your your sovereignty of choice, your royalty <laughs> position? Sure. Gemini, queen, king, uh, jester, king. trickster. Yeah. I'll take it all. Yeah, I'll Sovereign, take it all. High <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, I feel like there's so many ways like I love royalty and I love to bestow Me people too. with their crown but in this in this like let's just call it in this post-gender world where all genders matter and That's all right. genders are possible like what is even royalty right we're each our own sovereign uh oh. so I just I, I'd love to call people a king queen jester yes uh, but as a Gemini you're flexible so just like right as a Gemini, I'm like attached to words, but not really. So thank you for the coordination. Yeah, I like it's cool, but it's fine. It doesn't matter to me. Words are symbols twice removed from reality. So of course in miracles. So I'm fine. Yes. Oh, my God. Words yeah. are symbols twice removed from reality. <laughs> because so because, <laughs> look at your Capricorn sun ass shaking their head like, oh, I know. Yes. I know. Because Capricorns, when typically when I drop some teachings on the Course of Miracles, I'm just like. They eat it up because it does have that voice of authority that Capricorns love. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if the Christ consciousness is your authority, right? It is ultimately the God within you, the Christ within you, right? And like, and so it's and the Christ consciousness is just your best, right? It's yes. never, never, it's yes. just you can get better every day, but if yes. you deliver your best every day, that's your Christ consciousness. 100%. And then whatever you're not delivering, I mean, as long as it's accounted for and apologized for and amended for, really stops being your reality. Yeah. And that's Look how you- That's 30 seconds in, Christ right? consciousness. Go ahead. <laughs> and releasing, I mean, releasing all the guilt and shame and all of these like, you know, clouds of, you know, the colonizer in your mind, right? All of these ideas that you have to be perfect, which is just controlling your image with other people. That's it. So just amend it, own it, and you'll be that much closer to your Christ consciousness, says Bevan. I'm down with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a good mood today. So this is- I good. could tell. I love it. And I'm so glad. I'm in the middle of a like a thunderstorm. So in case you speak and the thunder just goes wild, like I hope that's what happens. Oh, I'm excited for it to punctuate. Yeah. Tell me when the thunder strikes and when it's really punctuated something important. Yes. And I'll be like, oh, this cat, I can't. Remind me his name one more time. Just get Reynolds. That's right. That's right. And would you say very much attached to you and like wants to be held and loved and the whole thing? He's always down to snuggle, um, but he is very into his autonomy. So I ask him frequently, do you want autonomy or connection? And his answer is both because right now he's biting me. Um, (laughs) He crawled onto my lap. And bites you. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Cats are so funny for this reason. I love it. Yeah. Really I'm, I'm learning I used to be I, I still am allergic but a friend of mine has them and I've been staying with him and like they're the cats and I are like kind of warming up to each other it's nice 
Cats don't work with cops. No. Oh. Just say that. You've never seen a cat work with a cop. <laughs> Dogs too, but like, you know, it's my favorite like thing about being a lifetime cat person. I, I just learned that recently. Cats um, right, don't cats work with cats. Oh my God. I know several people that I can't wait to text that to. So they could be like, exactly. Now I'm so glad I'm a cat lover. Cats don't work with cops. Mm -hmm. Evan, you are a fucking piece of work. And that's like, like the highest honor I can give to somebody. Like when someone is just absolutely a pistol and a piece of work and something else, that's what you are. I love it. I'm uh, on my A game with you, honey. I'm glad to get your A game. I would gladly yes. receive your D game though. I'll say that, Colin. Ooh, okay. Oh wait, okay. maybe not like that. Your F game knows that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what you meant. I I'm loving, but instead I'm making dirty jokes by accident. By accident, I know. And us two queers should not have laughed at that. And we did. <laughs> I'll take your D game. Will you? I was trying to be unconditionally loving. Here I, I know. Was. And but then I'm we like, got a yeah. We got a little perverted, and that's funny. That's funny. Okay. Good. Let's embrace all of the levels of humor that we can. <laughs> Let's make a really highfalutin joke before the end okay. of the year. Like, hundred percent. I'll think of one. Oh, I got one. Um, how do you make holy water? I don't know. You boil the hell out of it. Isn't that so good? Oh my, oh god. my god. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to use that joke. Uh, <laughs> what a great, what a great world we live in where we can just create mirth with our words. See, words are twice removed from reality. Is that what you said? But like says, says a course of miracles. Says yeah. A course of miracles. But then you can use words to make jokes like that because of the meaning they have. And it's so funny. <laughs> I'm so glad you enjoyed that. Because it's like it's definitely a dad wise guy joke. So I was like, I don't know how this is gonna go, but thankfully I think it landed like a hot knife through butter. Yeah, so. I, I will say I think dad Ooh. jokes are my love language. Like oh, okay. When I turned 40, I was like, I am I am done taking life too seriously. I need to laugh more. And so that oh, jokes are a great way to laugh. You know, it's and isn't it interesting that we realize that joke later on in life? Like, what is it about earlier? So I don't want to say early because what is time? But like, why is that the lesson people tend to arrive at at a certain age? Do you know why? <laughs> I don't, and you know, the same thing is, well, let's just- You see that? I don't want to, I don't want to project, no, but- I do see it. And it was something I learned from some, I, I learned it from a real housewife, let's be honest. Um, she made that <laughs> declaration. I was like, stolen, it's mine too. No. Um, I was 40 and I was like, yes, I, I am tired of taking things too seriously. I do need to laugh more. 100%. Um, and like, but then also there's something I've noticed too, is that people don't recognize how important their relationships are until towards the mm. end, like if you, you can just Google the top five lessons of the dying. This woman wrote this brilliant yeah. book. Yes. And, right. And it's all real basic shit that like, probably we should eat the ice cream, right? Like we probably should just love, love our lives and love the people around us and have more grace and more love. And mm. right. Like I saw my grandmother who was like this intense Capricorn businesswoman in her latter year, um, like just her relationships were the most important thing to her. It wasn't her career, mm. right? And it, and as everything started stripping away from her consciousness, it was just her relationships. And that all, all that was all that mattered. And it's like, 
I couldn't not take that lesson so that I could have a better second half of my life, you know? Love it. And you know what's beautiful? Isn't that the first lesson we get to, too? Yes. <laughs> it's the first we, one. Right? And we fall in love with these people who aren't great caretakers or whatever, don't take care of our emotional needs. And then we make yeah. it mean a story. And then like, it's off and running with putting up walls with people here. And then, and then at the end, we're all just dismantling them anyway. Yeah. Well, there we go. That's the meaning of life from a Gemini Capricorn. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, <laughs> that's all you need to know. No, I I completely agree. And that's what I, and I, I'm connecting to a lot of people just sort of saying, you know, I just want to laugh more. And that's what I think Gemini energy, Mercury still in Gemini, the North Odin's in Gemini. I actually think that's what we're all trying to inhabit more of because I think of Gemini energy as the trickster archetype in astrology. You know, the zodiac sign that basically tells people if you take yourself too seriously because you are so concerned with what other people are thinking, you're actually not capable of critical intelligence. And guess what? Joke's on you. Nobody likes you. Mm. So lighten the fuck up. Don't take yourself too seriously. And from that place of receptivity, agility, and adaptability, can you actually get into serious problem solving? Can you get into really deep and empathetic conversations? Because you're not so hypervigilant. You can't be laughing and hypervigilant at the same time. Yeah. You know, and yeah, don't get me started because I'm obsessed with this idea. I'm obsessed with it. Oh my God, let's talk about it. Um, okay, Gemini sun, Leo rising, Capricorn moon. Yes, ma'am. Um, what is your Venus in? Gemini baby. Oh, a Gemini Venus too. Um, oh, yeah. So, okay. Talk to, let's talk about values. Let's I would do it. love to hear from you. What are your values and are they in priority order? Well, wait, so what, what's your literature on values? Because I know that this was something, cause, and I wanted to see it's cause it, this keeps coming up. So I'm wondering like, how do you define the value? Where did you learn about values? And we'll start with those two questions. How do you define the value? Where'd you learn about it? Um, I have learned about values on the streets. Okay. Um, <laughs> which, by which Get I mean from my friends, like talking yes. to people who have like strong value systems, who talk to me about what they value. Um, I think values are kind of like the how that we live our lives. Very few people truly live through their values. I just want to say that. But like when you define what's important to you, like how, like how you live your life, like this is, these are the things, these are my big rocks, right? Like when you think Mm. about the jar of life, you only have a few big rocks you can fit in and you got to put them in first. And then everything Mm. else, like everything else is like the, then you got smaller pebbles, right? Mm. And then you get gravel Mm. and then you get some Mm. sand in there and then you can put water in there. Water is spending time on Instagram. I'm just going to say that all of your scrolling, that should be your water. The water, yeah. right, yeah, okay. So, but it becomes people's big rocks because that's what they yeah. default to because they're not focused on. I found that once I got real clear about my values and real clear about like how I wanted to live through them and, and I keep tweaking the priority and like and mm. adding new things. But like um, for me, editing is the hardest part. So like I oh. add things that like. Yes, to- yes, I love that. So you define the value as the rock at the bottom of the jar. Yeah, the big, it's like the bottom of the the big things that are important that kind of make up the way you want to live your life, right? And I find like I'm much more aligned with people if we are connected about our values, you know, um, rather oh, than yeah. making assumptions about people's values based on identity or lifestyle, which I used mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. conflate the two and I didn't understand the distinction, but it's enabled me to make better connections with people when I can focus on common values rather than all the other junk. 
all the other junk that's beautiful i have studied values pretty extensively since uh Brene brown's work dare to lead came out in 2018 and uh the way that she defines value is an idea or a conviction that we hold most important above all else and then she brought in some other literature on values and what really shocked me was that according to the researchers on clarity values for cognitive behavioral therapy they said you actually ought not to choose more than two wow because that's the whole function of the value right is to choose a minimal amount of ideas and convictions that we can put into practice with the limited amount of energy and attention we have. And so, and then the, the sentence after that was like, because let's be clear, if we have more than two values, we don't even have priorities. Oh, I was like, oh, shit, you know, and I have, I, I, I saw that as a very fixed function in astrology, right? Taurus, Scorpio, Leo, and Aquarius. And I was like, wow, I, I can almost see that. And so at first I chose my values in 2018 as spirituality and connection, right? Above all else, I take a stand for these two things. What is the most spiritual path and what is the most connected path? And then I read the work of Barry Johnson, who started the Polarity Institute. Uh, I think he started the Institute in the 1990s. I read his book in 2020, and it's all about how the polarity is the closest symbol and access point we have to the ongoing search for truth. And he said, if you are in the work of clarity values and putting them into practice in the personal, relational, professional landscape, you should actually choose values that are in polarity with each other. So then I chose connection and spirituality because what happened was, is that because my values for spirituality connection were a little bit more on the other side, I did start to feel kind of lost in the sauce and well, what about what I want? And what about speaking up for myself? And what about my own autonomy? What about my own space, you know? And when I started to reintroduce the value of autonomy, which means I'll take a stand for, I just want to go in my car and drive for a few hours without being overly committed to a calendar. I just want to be left alone for a little while. Then my life has actually unfolded really beautifully. And I unapologetically will tell people, well, because autonomy is my value, let me tell you why the answer is no. And because connection and relationships are my value, my other value, let me tell you why the answer is yes. You know, and I don't mind holding a contradiction and actually leveraging that energy as just the energy of the universe, not a problem that needs to be solved. Wow. Oh my God, that's so interesting. I love that you have um, a pedagogy about your values, like a lineage <laughs> that you learn them from. Because I would say, like, <laughs> I think that values are definitely like more than two because they're the thing. Oh, like, okay. Because I think in a in a world of infinite choices, narrowing yeah. it down to like 10, you know, is still a big deal. Yeah. Um, and it does give you, I mean, and I like priority order because it helps me like kind yeah. of support things. And it's also really helping me with my morning routine because like when oh, I great. shared that, like, he's like, I hit four of my five top values first thing in the morning. And like that, wow. right. And when you can center your day around those things that you really find most important, like it sets you up for success, I think, and yeah. to stay in the lanes of the things that are the most important to you, that get lost if you don't prioritize. Yeah. Well, and I love that you mentioned that because the the pedagogy of values that I w- just mentioned um, really had a lot to do with like organizational culture and you know how to put these values into practice in uh, in schools, in uh, in corporations and businesses. And one of the most interesting key findings was that when values in these spaces were too wide, they didn't actually know what choice to go in. So like, you know, for certain schools, they'll have like this middle school's values are these nine words. 
And then if you're thinking about it, if an important decision needs to be made for a communication strategy, for an issue on accountability, for an issue on God only knows what, do all of those nine words help direct in the right choice or do like two or three? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it, it, it can be both, right? We could have more than two personally for the professional spaces. They're like, yeah, you basically just need to. Wow. That's actually, yeah. I'm so grateful we're having this conversation because right now I'm like doing this big leadership project on the land that I work at. Or oh, great. I guess that I live at. Um, yeah. I'm like, I'm making, well, making them. They asked me to help because of my legal background. And I said, yes, but we're going to do it in this way. And we're going to start by getting a big picture and figure out what our vision values and concerns are as a group. Um, Love it. So it's, it's helping me actually understand, okay, let's really narrow down the values to a couple so that we can actually use them organizationally. Yeah, because I, because again, when you're asking people why they're not feeling secure or trustworthy in major organizations and with other leaders, one of the most common answers was we're too scattered and indecisive in our decision making and our values. And I don't know what's a priority. Mm -hmm. So that's why they, they make the recommendation, the literature on values makes the recommendation to narrow it down to two so that, you know, the people can understand that. And then when you're working with teams and organizations, right, like you could understand why, say, Bevan is because integrity is your value and so is accountability. You'll be the first one to bring up. Are we going to discuss the fact that we got this really critical review or feedback and we need to address it with others and people who are maybe vision and education like, no, we're on to the next one. And you're like, no, we're not because accountability, you know what I mean? And like, that's yeah. what's so interesting is like, and and this is kind of something that I'm also teasing apart. So I'm wondering if this is something you've observed or something you've read in the, in the research on values too. But I think a lot of people confuse myself included, like value with strength. Ooh. And I like a strengths-based assessment. And I kind of now really choose the values that I want to have access to when my critical thinking goes offline. You know, because I've been very apt to hide in plain sight and just make it about other people and dancing codependentory because I'm not thinking of autonomy. And I've also been very apt to get really emotionally reactive and burn bridges and be like, fuck this, fuck that, fuck you mm -hmm. to people who I claim to love. So then what about connection? You know, so I look at those two values as like the lighthouses towards righteous living. They're not immediately my strengths, but they are guiding me to make the right behavior according to my values in moments of, you know, prolonged uncertainty, anticipatory conflict, or emotional activation, rejection, abandonment, and risk. Oh my God. Yes. It's interesting because I would not say that I think that values are strengths. I think that values are, yeah. I, I still stand by it. Like, I think it's the things you want to live through. Yeah. Um, but like, I'll say my first value is my relationship with God. Um, <laughs> Yes. Mostly because um, yeah. it's like an active thing, right? Like if I'm not in yes. relationship with God, then I'm not in relationship with myself. I can't be in relationship with anybody else. And like the whole thing, the whole thing, like when I surrendered my life to God a few years ago, I like recognized, like I'm not in control of this stuff and I'm suffering. So like, let me just focus on this relationship first, yeah. which helps a lot, everything else. And yes. right. And then my second autonomy is not even or not autonomy but um accountability even though it's important to me uh as like a personal trait isn't even in my list of values oh um, interesting okay but, but it supports my third value so my second value is self-care and self-love which i Love find are like interrelated kind of the same thing kind of not the same thing and that supports my relationship with god and it supports mm. everything else i want to do because if i'm not vibing at my best and my highest then like i'm not i'm trash 
to my friends and family, which are my third value, right? Like I really prioritize relationships. And even as like, people are like, oh, Bevan, you're so busy. I'm like, I'm highly prioritized. And I always make time to connect with my friends. I might not have time on a given day, but like that it's a high priority for me. I send a lot of messages to connect with the people that I love. And like, and was that something you always knew how to do or did you grow into that? Oh, I'm still growing into it. I still like, I was just telling you this before we started recording about how I'm really working through rejection um, and working on the story that I tell myself when people, you know, aren't available to talk to me, which has nothing to do with me. Um, Right. Like, and if it does, oh, well, if they need to talk to me about something, here's the invitation. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so it's, but it, it was recognizing how, much my grandmother prioritized her career over her relationships and prioritized mm-hmm. I don't know I don't want to get too deep into into analyzing my grandmother but she basically yeah, another Capricorn team, another Capricorn she did the best she could right like yeah. but she truly loved her family and her like status and like her aesthetic like that all got placed above the relationships that she cherished and so mm. I wanted to make sure that like as I'm setting up the life I want to live like that's front and center for me. So it's like, it just reminds mm-hmm. me, right? Like being in these priority orders, right? And then um, and then that fun is so important to me. Oh. That was a recent addition. I learned it. Jerry Garcia said this funny thing to um, the record label early in being the Grateful Dead. Um, he would always say, if the record label wanted them to do something, he'd say, is it going to be fun? Because um, that was like yes. a priority value for him and like kind of And I think fun is, again, like disarming people. Um, It allows people to be more receptive to the important ideas that like, I think are out there. Right. Like, and, and that's like, as a performer, a showgirl, I'm like, I want to give people a fun time so that then my next thing is impact because it really matters to me to change the world. So my next value is impact. Uh, But the fun kind of sets the stage for the impact. And then after that to me is freedom, which like, Mm. I really love feeling free. I really like being free in my mind and body. I like decolonizing my mind, right? Like, mm. and like, and that all kind of like trickles down to like, then, and, and also I like freedom, both like personal liberty, but also freedom for other people and like social justice. 100%. Sort of like everyone deserves freedom. Yes. Um, and that's why like impact is more important to me mm. than even my personal freedom, right? Like, Cause it matters mm. to me that I leverage some of my personal freedom to help the world. Um, I, it's really, I mean, this is how I was living it out before I was even articulating it when I was a lawyer in New York and I was working like 10 hours a week and, but I spent like 90 hours a week doing like my art and activism because it uh, mattered to me yes. to help other people get free and right. And like, yes. and then um, after that is experiences cause experiences Ooh. really matter to me. Um, okay before luxuries and luxuries is the last thing. But I think living a luxe and, and comfy life is something we all deserve. Oh, without a doubt. And I also love that inherent within your analysis is like ways to put values into a method, a system, a technique. Like, I love that. It's like, this is how I do what I do in service to the operation at hand. And this is why I value it. And this is how one leads off to the, the other. And I also like how, yeah, the first three are like relationship with the divine relationship to self and relationship to others because like the divine is what is the foundation for the best self-love and relational love too I think so that was beautiful yeah thanks I'm I'm, I'm curious for you what was your like method of deciding what your values were like um, 
like how do you like sift through all it because i think folks out there like whether you go the colin method of just a couple or if you go right. my method of like really nail down a list and organize right. it and edit it and whatever and you can combine some together because some of those like it took a while for me to distill yeah well and your venus is in scorpio so hence the the the, the wide intimate depths well my venus is in gemini right so i just kind of reviewed my life and i said okay what's missing What's missing is space. What's missing is alone time. Mm. What's missing is the self-acceptance and the foundation to say, thank you so much for inviting me. I want you to keep inviting me, but I don't want you to get confused with my free time for social time. Mm -hmm. And I would really like to use my free time to just kind of like be alone. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of reviewed the outcomes and results of my life. And I said, this is where I need improvement. And I would like to make autonomy my value, bring it all the way in. And then it's just a matter of like putting it into practice as best as I can in the moments of complex decision-making, a boundary, um, yeah, a level of emotional uh, disclosure is like, why am I feeling this way? What's happening? And how do I put my values into practice? How do I put my beliefs into action? Um, yeah, and that's how it's worked for me so far. So we'll see how it goes. I love that autonomy is one of your values because totally. you weren't even alone in the womb. When no, the rest of us were just chilling by ourselves. You I were was, a twin. <laughs> Bevan, I'm so glad you fucking thought about that because I'm like, and I was a twin, so I had a womb mate. Like I've never been alone, you know, and uh, don't get me wrong. Like I love being around other people, you know, it, it fills me up. I get so much energy in the exchange of others. I live in a city, um, you know, I'm a Gemini. I love, and honestly, people are my cathedral. I love being around others always. And there are moments when I'm like, you know what? I just really need to reset, get my head on straight, listen to my music because I've, I think over the last eight months, I'm sure other people would see this too throughout lockdown, is that overcommitment and compliance to a calendar, to work, to a schedule, zaps a lot of the fun and the play and the creativity out of things because you're just running from commitment to commitment to commitment to commitment. Yeah. And that's great if you are in you know, a customer service business or you, you want to be true to your word and integrity and all that. And also like, you can almost get a little like, well, what about my time? What about me? What about the space I need to regenerate? And uh, I'm trying to prioritize that. That's why I'm going to Los Angeles for two months and just like doing whatever I want within yeah. reason and, and trying not to blow, you know, a significant amount of money that I don't have. <laughs> right. I mean, you know? I, think, I do know. And I know that like, um, I'm really grateful I've read this. This is like a success leadership book I read, but like, uh, you need three hours of alone time. If you're going to be in a leadership position, especially you need three hours Ooh. of alone time for every one hour with people, because that's where like your study comes. Cause if you spend, spend that time studying and like connecting and like learning new things, then those good thoughts come up in public. You're connecting better dots. Like I found like my daily forest wax, like I'm connecting some major dots and I need a lot more rest because I'm learning more. I'm like, I feel like I'm in this academic study part of my life for the last couple of years. Um, your brain. Are, whoa. So can you say more about that? Because you know, I do astrology readings uh -huh. sometimes two a day. Okay. They're an hour each. Mm -hmm. And I do not give myself six hours of downtime. Right. After those two readings. Holy shit. I don't know if you can see all the church bells going off. Oh, but, yeah. Wow. So where did you get, where, who, what, where did that come um, from? John Maxwell did it in a, I don't even remember the book it came from, but I, I heard it in a, he said it in a talk 
Um, but John Maxwell's like a, a very high level leadership uh, guy. He's like a yeah. leader. He's written like a hundred books. Wow. But it's like, but it's like, it's true. Like most CEOs read like four to five books a month. But Dr. Brene Brown talked about this um, on one of her podcasts. Um, that most CEOs are reading like four, I knew this about that, but like four to five books. And so she like dove into, I need to be reading more and I need to be studying more. Cause like you are a better producer of you if you're spending yeah. that time learning so that you can lead the ship rather than like, you know, spending all your time doing all of that. I, it's interesting. So, so you see two clients a day. That's, is that your like boundary? How many a week? about 10 because I'll, I'll work Monday through Friday. Um, and then in between those, Bevan, you know, I'll have a ton of meetings and sessions and, it, and yeah. So basically that idea that John Maxwell put forward is not operationalized, was not, I should say, for the last eight months. Yeah. And, and I'm working from home, living with my grandma who I love and we spend a lot of time together, you know, so it's, go ahead. Yeah. Working with home as you Working put it, Esther Perel. Because <laughs> you, so, I mean, home has its own little pop-up demands and it's, you got to oh, figure out how to, how to manage yes. that. Yes. And you know, what's been great is that like, I haven't even needed to outline that to people who I love and care about. They just kind of go, we get it. And I'm like, thank God. Because I then I would go into and there's people who I haven't seen and there's others who, you know, but what about the vaccine? And like, it's just been this overwhelming rush of like, oh, I feel like I'm not showing up for others that I care about. But like, I did not put systems in place in my in my work mm -hmm. to give myself this alone time because I didn't even know about it. And that's the learning curve, you know, so thank you so much for being like, I'll tell you why three hours for every one hour. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so true. Did you got to so think true. about it. You're not only healing the people that you're, because I, I think of astrology readings and all of that as healings, right? It's, it's uh, all healing. We're all I reflecting hope. to each other, right? Uh, but like you're doing the one-on-one -on -one sessions, but then and every podcast you do, you're doing like one-on hopefully yes, thousands yes. of people, right? Like yes, let's, let's help yes. this podcast reaches thousands of people and they can heal yeah. and learn their values, right? And like, like, so that's like healing work you're doing with an audience and like, Every time you're you're investing time into one of your ex exceptionally great Instagram videos, right? Which I I really I just think you're a thought leader, Colin. You have so much to give, but you have to spend oh, that retreat you. time. And I love that like yeah. you're thinking about. I only offer I'll say this I only offer three Reiki sessions, one on one Reiki sessions a week, and I I don't even I'm not booked up, so like I really just have mm. one client that um, I see mm. every week, and I I actually feel really rejuvenated working with her. So I think oh, it's great. a gift from a goddess. Yes. But like, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just thinking, cause like I put so much energy into fact a dance party and I need to be so very on for that kind of stuff that like it, it's, you know, it, client work can be draining. It can be um, reviving. It kind of depends on who you are and how you work. Yeah. But when yeah. you're doing mysticism on some level, you've got to have that like centering time. And I know you're such a junkie for words, my Capricorn moon, highly educated <laughs> friend. <laughs> No, I'm like, I'm a junkie for the methods because, and you know what, I think I almost felt like I had a precious problem, right? Like, oh, I've been around people all day. It's so hard. I, I shouldn't be feeling this way, you know, but it's like, because then I think about, well, what are educators doing, you mm -hmm. know, who are literally around children 
all day long or students all day long you know like so my problems put in perspective really aren't a problem at all but it's they were my days are very long and I love them very much and I just need to be careful about preserving those three hours of connecting the dots because you're absolutely right I haven't had a ton of that yeah wow okay Capricorn hit me with the ratio three to one baby three to one <laughs> it's wild but it's worth I mean it's been working really well for me I'll say this my okay. like mental health is at an all-time best um oh, spiritual wow. alignment is at an all-time best wow right and so like and I think part of it is because I live by myself and I'm close enough to my mom that I can have these spontaneous connection moments but I'm not in the same house so it's not constantly talking right and like that forest time is alone I I do see like sometime when I have a family having the forest time be with a family but like also still like you know when you're a parent you need a lot of alone time and it's kind of hard to come by sometimes but kids actually need way more autonomous play than we give them um oh okay because i was just gonna say you know what if someone's listening who says like colin and bevan i'm with you but i'm a parent i'm a yeah. i'm a partner i live with these people what kind of recommendations or suggestions would you share with them uh I Not to that. put you on this spot. You're but. such a good like interviewee because you're always Listen. turning back into the interviewer, Capricorn Moon. I see you. Alyssa, um, I know because I, I want to learn from you because I'm like, oh, damn, if you could tell me this about three to one, what do you got to say to family systems? I'll say this. I think our family systems are massively broken because we are tribal mm. species. Humans are tribal by nature. Our bodies yes. think that we are still in the 1700s. They think that we still have extended family networks that can take the kids because kids just want to go be cavemen together they want to go yell and scream and play with stuff like and i can't solve the problem i was this single an only child raised by a single mom i spent a lot of time alone as a kid because of Mm. necessity and no money for babysitters i was six years Mm. old a latchkey kid like so you know not everyone's gonna have a little baby capricorn who's taking care of themselves and has a lot of trauma to undo right like i mean i can't solve it for you but i can say zoom out look at your life like my mom chose autonomy over being near the extended family which i think would have i can't reverse engineer everything but i'm just saying Mm. like you can make lifestyle changes you can move somewhere that is easier for you to get child care options you can i mean and you know it's not one size fits all you got to figure out what works for you you could meditate with your kids in the room because being able to meditate while there's chaos is actually a superpower and something you yes. can really, if you can even drop into 30 seconds of meditation, like making sure like your toddler's not gonna kill themselves like in a safe environment. Jordan Page calls it baby jail. She has this like trampoline with a zipper and she puts the babies in there and like, right? Baby like Baby jail. Baby jail. She's a mom of eight. She has five businesses. She makes it, she figures it out, right? Like, wow. so like there's wow. so many options that I think we mm. live in a hyper Pinterest society that gives you ideas of what parenting is supposed to look like when in fact parenting is just the best you can give your kids today and the best you can give yourself today. Evan, I'm going to need wow. I hope people get parenting is the best you can give to your kids today and the best you can give to yourself today. That is a fucking word, honey. A sermon by Bevan. Wow. I'm not a parent yet and I'm still afraid, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. My, my twin sister's doing it beautifully. I really got to give her all the credit in the world, but you know, like you, like what you were saying, you know, she made a really deliberate choice to raise her daughter next to my parents. Mm. And, you know, there is, you know, my family is a big Long Island communal family. We really do so much together and we 
have within our family culture, God bless, like just a value of mass mutual reliance. Mm. So, you know, like we're not meant to do any of this shit alone. Yeah. And so, but I didn't even think about like, you know, when I'm telling clients like, well, have you given yourself an hour today? Like asking, is there someone that can watch your kids in the morning? Like let's, let's get in the habit of asking, let's get in the habit of figuring out what services are available. Let's consider what sort of financial resources can help with that. Cause I know it's not cheap, but I love that you're like, let's get creative and problem solve because it can be done because I know somebody who's got eight kids and five businesses. So Again. hello. And she's so generous. She gives away all her tips and tricks on the internet. You know what I mean? Like, uh, of course, of course. Yeah. Cause that's the way it's done. We're not meant to do this shit alone. No. Okay. Wait. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. <laughs> all right. So we're, we're in a community of, of you know, interreliant people. What role do you think the Capricorn would have in the community? Oh, you know, I love this because I love the Zodiac as like a great representative of all of the different ways there are to be a people. Because yes, human diversity, yes, yes. like if you just look at humans, human diversity is a mandate, right? Like it's just, mm. it's just part of our makeup is we're all different. Each and every one of us is unique, right? Yeah. And I think that I, I think about this a lot in terms of the failed American state, um, because I think the president is like just, it's going to keep being a reality star until we change how the presidency works. Um I mean, I just see it. Kim Kardashian is going to be our president. Like if we don't figure out how to do this differently. And here's what I figured out during my forest walks and my connecting the dots. If we could get political parties that represent actual human difference. So 12 parties, a 12 party system that would actually help people have enough connection to a specific, you know, way, mode of thought, values. I don't know, like some sort of thing that helps people be less extreme and less radical and more diverse mm-hmm and create a consensus government. Like I want to see a council of 12 as president, like holding that office and then like have Angela Davis be in charge of it. Right. Um, An Aquarian. Yes. Yeah. Just to start. And we're in the age of Aquarius. We need Angela Davis. Um, Any questions? I didn't think so. Yeah. So when I think about like the Capricorn in the, in the, in the the communal living situation, it's what, what needs to be done. Right. Like it's, it's, it's the who needs to drive the engine because Capricorns like can see that goal and go for totally, it. Totally, totally. Right? And they're decisive. I think what I appreciate about Capricorns is they make decisions. Mm. And I think that is a highly undervalued leadership strategy. And they also know when it's not time to make a decision. Yeah. You know, so that's what I would love to see Capricorns doing. And uh, well, currently the uh, the House of Scorpio is winning with President Joseph Biden as the current president of the United States. So House of Scorpio followed by the House of Gemini. Hey. Um, and I guess hopefully we could see some deep truth telling in this administration and really, really, really powerful Scorpio healing. Let's hope. Let's hope. Wow. Wow. I love the idea of like, there's 12 political parties, each Zodiac influenced, Mm -hmm. which one should we have for four years? Should it be Capricorn, Virgo, Taurus, Scorpio, Leo, Sag? What are we in the mood for folks? I don't even think it should be like choosing one for four years. I think it should just be choosing all and forcing Mm. consensus because if you can get six or if you can get seven distinct parties to agree on something, you've got a majority, right? And like, okay. 
right? Or like coming or forcing consensus on everything like the Quakers, right? Like um, there's, I mean, there's two ways to do it. This is just my starting uh, idea for the, the, the Republic of the United States by the people for the people is the new name of the wow. country. And now when you say forced consensus, what does that look like? <laughs> it just means it, it's, it's unity and harmony above all. So it means that yeah. if you, I mean, this is my understanding of Quakerism, um, but like, or being Quaker, I don't know what they call yeah. it, but like, is that basically everything is decided congregationally, like the whole congregation has to decide and like, um, and if That's there's beautiful. consent, it doesn't go forward. So, um, and some co-ops do this too, right? Like, um, wow. consensus or nothing. And um, wow. majority rules gets really like, it, it that's the thing is like we have this three three chamber government right mm -hmm. my poli side agrees so dusty um but like we no, have you're this, using like, it well right the executive and, legislative and judicial branch right and they're supposed to be like that so that we protect more minority interests but because we have so much money in politics we don't have uh, the ability for minority interests to even have a remote opportunity no. other than like little symbolic things like we'll give you juneteenth but we won't give you reparations like you know what i mean like that kind of shit Ma malcolm x said they'll just keep giving you symbols and they will not do anything yeah. um and wow. he was right right like it's mm. it's gross and if we got money out of mm. politics i think it would change everything because then our politicians could be focused more on leadership instead of like connecting and um sucking up to the lobbyists Wow. Okay. So you're also, no, let's, let's go there. You're also reminding me really of the, actually, Bevan, the power of redeemed fixed energy, Taurus, Scorpio, Leo, and Aquarius. Malcolm X was a Taurus. And there is a capacity for fixed signs to be like, I don't buy it. It's not substantial. It lacks intention and it has no sustainability whatsoever. Mm. So what are we doing? to undo the errors of the past in the present to ensure it doesn't happen for our people. And a celebrated holiday where we have off and not really think about something is symbolic and vain at best. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And we do have some fixed energy in the stars right now. We have Uranus in uh, in Taurus. Saturn is in Aquarius. Jupiter will re-enter uh, Aquarius starting on July 27th. So we're, we are kind of in that general direction, actually, of like, What's the method? What's the system? Because I was just talking to my family today about like what can happen when we lack the fixed intention. Mm. What happens when people are just moving for the sake of moving and just like, you know, quick, immediate responses, like taking an aspirin for a broken bone, but not resetting the bone, Ooh. you know, and that's like the cardinal signs can say, let's take the aspirin, you know, the fixed signs will say, okay, and let's also reset the bone. Yeah. And then the mutable signs are like, well, what about the cast? Because it's got to heal. Mm. And we have a lot of let's take the aspirin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but anyway, in... don't get me started. We live in this microwave culture too, where we like have this, when, when nature like blooms, a lot of things in nature only bloom once a year, right? Like, so, and is it not, is the lilac tree not valuable when it's not producing uh, its intoxicating scent, right? Like, oh. Wait, so um, wait, no, this is make I'm going through this trans actually in my astrology right now. So microwave culture is like everything at once. It's like everything happens immediately. We like yeah. get, when you are raised 
I don't know. Like, is this like, I wasn't raised like this, but I imagine like being raised with like a grandma making sauce, right? Like on a Sunday mm. and it's like this yes. ritual and it smells amazing and yes. like it's all day long. And then you get to dig into food that was brewing in a pot of delicious sauce, ribs, perhaps, perhaps yes. meatballs, right? Yes. All of the things, chicken cutlets. Uh, <laughs> now it's just, we started this conversation talking about Italian food before we started recording. Um, sure. So Bevan is like letting her inner Long Island girl out. I really am. I miss it. I miss the East Coast. I want to go to Duncan. I want to drive on the turnpike and I want to go down the shore. All um, right. Let me do it. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. I want to go to Wawa. It. Come on. Um, I want a hoagie. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I love the Pennsylvanians. They can have their weird accent. I'm in no place to talk. Okay. So many weird accents. Like really intense regional diverse accents within like a few blocks 100 percent. and then i go that i'm like wow that's walking so weird huh i can hear it <laughs> through the window that's nuts <laughs> i know so let me not i'm not yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not but i love it it makes me it makes me laugh i love the, the linguistic diversity of the u.s but yeah, yeah and, and you know what's come to think of it that is what my family would do every sunday when we all live together grandma would start making the sauce at like 9 a.m and i would know because i slept over on saturday and i woke up and i could i smell onions first thing in the morning which typically is nice you know yeah. and then she cooks it all day we have it at three the family comes around and yeah you know and i think what you're saying bevan is it's like it's intentional it's it's patient it's it's cumulative and you're right i think we get a little too much at once but we don't give time, we don't give the embryonic phase enough value. Yeah, and growing roots and stuff. And I'll say this as someone who has been working hard to release and be okay with like the process that my life is taking and how it's unfolding and how slow it feels. But like, I also don't want a microwave result. I want to have all the nutrients in it because microwaves, I'll just say this, I'm an anti-microwave person who does it sometimes out of need, right? Yeah. But like it, mostly microbes just zap all the nutrients out of your food. And if you could just heat it up in a pot, it takes maybe a few more minutes, but like, and more dishes, which is why I sometimes, right. but like, you know, it does preserve the nutrients that you work so hard, if, especially if you're someone who cooks from scratch and like, you want yeah. like all that cabbage, right. To like mm. nourish you instead of microwaving it and like losing it. Bevan, I, you're, you're really reading me right now because I'm going through a 12th house transit and um, I just felt really called to like not do a whole lot of work, you know, mm-hmm. haven't made a lot of content, no scheduling, my out of office email is up like I am taking a vacation because I'm actually moving across the country. I'm in New York now going to LA like next Monday, shipped out the car, going to be there for two months, cannot wait. Okay. But it, I haven't really been doing anything. And every once in a while, you know, my inner voice will be like, oh, but just work real fast and make a video because, you know, people forget about you. And it's like, no, let me just let me just have a moment to gather myself. Let the nutrients bake. I don't want to give anybody a microwave result. No, ma'am. I want to do it. So thank you for that quick little read. You've been reading me since the moment this started. Uh, I love you. Um, I love you. You have your methods, your systems, your educations. I appreciate that so much. I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you. And I actually really appreciate hearing that, like you're intentionally allowed. I've been doing the same thing, actually. I've really relieved mm. a lot of my, like, I, I have my expectations of myself because I run my own business, right? So I have mm-hmm. the things to do that my business needs me to do. But like, I also have been giving myself a lot of space to like not, and you know, not, I haven't had a ton of conversations with friends and things like that lately. Yeah. 
because I've been giving myself a lot of space and like, yes, right. And, and to just be a lot of it, a lot of what we need right now is I think more people to just be and, and when you're, when you're comfortable with yourself and you like who you're alone with, you can just be, and if you're just being and pain is coming up, you need to be with your pain, your pain. It's just, it's just your inner child that needs to be loved and hugged. Loved and hugged. Any questions? Yeah. No, I know. And a part of me, I think my inner child really prided himself on productivity being needless. And just because I can do it, I shall, you know, and now I'm just like really giving myself the time and space. And it's certainly and and I planned this in advance, Bevan, because astrologically, cancer rule transits and the, the second the first half of Leo are my 12th house season. Right. So it's like, relax, move slowly, because all the energy of the stars are in the place where they don't really give you a ton of energy. So use this as sabbatical as rest. And I planned it and I've done it and I have felt never, I've never felt better, but a part of me is still being like, Oh my God, should I work? And it's like, no, I'm going to take off for the first time in two weeks and four years. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Mm. So are you going to LA and like not working? I'm going to go to LA and work as in, I'm going to do four readings a week give myself off on friday right and then i would actually like to spend the rest of the day just kind of like what you recommended you know be in dot connecting i want to hire my friend to help me with my website i like to just kind of do a whole review restart refresh and i want to go out there for two months because i get so much inspiration and external stimulation because i'm in a new place you know i think that so many people that I've spoken to are like looking for demarcation, delineation, and differentiation because we've lived the last, theoretically, you know, the last eight and a half months, or excuse me, yeah, no, the last year and a half, really, same house, same room, same table, same chair, same monitor, the world is passing, we're sitting still, things are bleeding together, we're overwhelmed, we don't know our ass from our elbow, and, we're, and, you know, those are for people who have to work from home. For the essential workers, they've been in their own monotony and, and, and routine, not even a minute to reconnect with the outside world. So everybody just needs to connect with the arrows force, the differentiation force. And it amazes me that as soon as I can go to Southern California or Los Angeles, I have all of that stimulation that I can't wait to apply to the work. And that's what I'm going to do. Oh, that's so exciting. Thanks. I hope it goes well. I know well though. I'm I'm so fu- I'm so stoked. I'm so stoked. Well, I'm stoked for you. Thank uh, you. And also, it is nice to like everyone. I've I've actually I know a ton of people who moved during the pandemic. Uh, maybe moved a couple times, uh, and a few times actually. A couple of my friends like, and it's been interesting because like I think everyone's just having a different kind of pandemic experience and like. Yeah. I, for me, as like a little stressed out Capricorn who's really high in ethics, Virgo rising too, I think is like mm. service and like humanity, right? Yeah. Um, and so I was really stressed about like, I can potentially tra- travel and carry with me something in me, even if, because I'm vaccinated, like, even if like, I don't go to the hospital because I've got COVID, like, does, and that's something that's always bugged me about it. I don't want to be in a chain of infection that kills somebody's grandma. Like that uh. feels important. Um, that even if I'm not like holding a gun over someone's four-year-old because four-year-olds can't get vaccinated either, but like, mm. I don't want to be that, but you know what I mean? Like it's like that to me really mattered. And so I had my heart community, the glowing goddess getaway, like that they're doing a COVID safe, a Northern California getaway in the middle to late August. And I was like, okay, I will call that the end of my pandemic or the end of my quarantine. Wow. 
and and I'm still okay. super cautious and like super, yeah. you know, like people yeah. are running around maskless all over the place, and it's just not me right now. And yeah, and that's totally respectable. It gave me a lot of ease to like to to call it like I still have another month and a half to go before I end my first quarantine, right? Like I'm probably still mm. going to quarantine till the pandemic's over, but like. It, you know what I mean? Like just having yeah. that like as a, a moment. So I like that. That's what kind of you set up with your LA. So why only two months? Are you going to go back to Long Island? So uh, Long Island's well, no. <laughs> and I like that you're really being so intentional and deliberate about this again. Like, I think that's what we all need to be doing is like making decisions that are right for us in alignment with our values and what we take a stand for. And yeah. for you, it's August. And that's amazing. Um, well, because it just felt right. It's something about the summer felt appropriate. Um, and I actually really love the East Coast in the fall. So, you know, I definitely want to make my way back here to, in probably like middle, late September and then stay until just after the holidays, the winter holidays. And then January could be, you know, a whole new thing. I would love to, you know, if the borders are open, I would love to maybe go to specific countries for a month at a time. And yeah, just try a whole, I, cause this has always been my dream heaven of like residencies and going from place to place to place and kind of being a traveler and, and a wanderer. That's always been my joy. Um, and so that's what I would like to do. And I'm starting in LA for the first two months. Oh, I love that so much. I yeah. think it's a similar dream for me to be a digital nomad. Yes. With like a home base somewhere and so yeah. like this it's so funny because I always thought LA was going to be my home base but now it's like it's here it's like with yeah. my near my mom like it's small like it's my my place like how I live is super inexpensive and so yes. like easy to maintain on the road I just need a way to bring my cat with me I'm sure you will find a way. I don't doubt that for a second. So when do you, do you think you'll be staying in, in Oregon for a little bit longer or until August rather, or you think? Um, so I'm not in Oregon. I'm in Washington. Um, Washington. I'm so right. sorry. So Just think, sorry. Of me, think of me at the North pole. Like I'm Santa okay. Claus. Um, okay. That's how Santa I like Claus. people to see me. I'm very close to Canada. Um, they won't let me in, but um <laughs> Although I think now you can go if you have a purpose, you have to be vaccinated. So okay, okay. I, I was like, maybe I can declare to the customs people my purpose is to buy decent maple syrup. And right? Is that okay with you? Exactly. Right. <laughs> I'll do it about, with you. Right. I've read about this amazing road trip in on Vancouver Island, which is like forty-five minutes away as the ferry to Vancouver Island, and like. <sighs> There's an amazing road trip that goes up to some like maple farm. I don't know. They don't call them farms. Uh, oh, beautiful. Anyway, it's what I want. Um, Love that for you. Uh, anyway, so I'm up in Washington and I think, I don't know. I, I have like, I'm really allowing myself the not knowing of how this yeah. works. I know that I can drive at a minimum. I can leave like on Tuesday and get there by Thursday for my retreat. Right. Like, so you know, if I leave the cat with a sitter for a few days while I go drive to Northern California and come back, I can do that. My la my joy would be to hit the road with him in like a vehicle that we can plug in places so I can have air conditioning for the cat. Wow. <laughs> while oh I like, God, to wait. right. I and love then, this for you. And a little toilet and a bed like that. I don't need much. I need a space no. for my clothes. Right. And like, then to be able to roam and go see all my people because I just have people all over this great land that yes. I want to like hug and yes you know so but I don't know how that happens and I'm just letting it I'm letting things unfold 
knowing what my highest joy is. But I'm a digital nomad now. Like I actually personally set up my life. So everything is online. So as long as I have Wi-Fi, I can do all the things I need to do. And I've done a good job of chunking when I'm obligated to be. And what, what an opportunity, you know, what, what an amazing invitation to just be in, in demarcation, differentiation, exploration, discovery. I think that's what people are so hungry for because we've been on such lockdown and such fear of such contempt and polarization and, just really, really, really tough social health and psychological landscapes. And I think people are desperate for joy, discovery, play, adventure, story, intimacy, levity, all those things. I think people are ready to reconnect to that. So I hope you get there fast. And people are terrified of uncertainty. I know. I'll say that as someone who has been terrified of uncertainty. Um, And I like, if I can go in this immediate moment and like know that that's all there is, right? The past is written and it's done and the future is still unwritten um, and possible. So many things are possible. Good things are possible. Worry Mm -hmm. is only thinking of the bad things that are possible, but good things are just as possible as the worry. Totally, totally. Right? And like, if we can get into this space where like, you're just in the present moment. I am here, I am safe. I touch my body. I am here, I am safe. And like, get into your five senses. This is something I learned from recovery, but like, just like, what can I smell? Mm. What can I taste? What can I hear? What can I see? What can I touch? And like be present in your 3D, even though we know there's many more yes. Ds than that. Um, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so many Ds. So many Ds. Uh, but like, you know what I mean? Like if you're just present, like here I am, I can see the trees. I can see my beloved yeah. friend, Colin. I can see my cat, like, right? It's just, yeah. it's how to be in the uncertainty without letting your need to control the future and control other people's perception of you take the lead yeah and i also think what it allows you to do that was beautifully said about like grounding into the present i think it allows you feel it allows you to feel safe to take risks and i think that when we're talking about uncertainty and we're talking about you know innovation and trust i think that what we're not saying is that people have a serious risk averse issue and they're confused on what comes first is it risk is it risk or is it trust you know do i trust myself to take the risk to handle the uncertainty or do i take the risk first to handle the uncertainty unless i develop trust you know, and that's actually a body of literature in clinical psychology and relational psychodynamics is like, what comes first? Is it risk or is it trust? And of course, scholars are just as gridlocked about it. Uh, but I, I think what's beautiful is if we apply a little bit of a both end analysis of like, okay, I'm nervous about uncertainty. So let me take the risk to even connect to my body, mm-hmm. discern my surroundings. And once I feel secure and safe within my interpretation of faculties of the lived experience, can I begin to take a series of calculated micro risks? Because that's what it, I think that's what it is too. I think people are just, because and, and I, it makes sense. I mean, the last year and a half, what, what did everybody tell us? That like a risky interaction could lead to a spontaneous infection. Mm-hmm. So don't take those risks, you know, and I get it. And that was smart advice. And I think we need to keep applying that where appropriate. And also we need to try our best to cultivate our tolerance and resilience with risk-taking so that we can navigate uncertainty with with not only self-trust but relational trust too yes absolutely ah the whole part of relational trust is just like taking your your heart everything ends in heartbreak everyone's a heartbreaker we talked about this in the last time we talked on our podcast um colin i want to talk about your mustache Okay. Yeah. Yes. 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 I want to honor your time. My mustache. What? It, what should? Where should we start? 
Um, okay, so first of all, I have no producers, so my time can be whatever it is. But okay, I have no producers. But this like, is all me. It's all me. There's no white guy making decisions about my right. Brain. Better uh, not be. <laughs> <laughs> not uh, in Bevan's uh, world. Not in Bevan's world. I mean, you know, it's gone this long. I haven't found a producer yet, so here we are. Um, here we are. Uh, okay, so Colin, yes. last time we talked, which I just love this. Right, last time we talked was right before the full moon in Cancer, and That's now right. we're talking right before the new moon in Cancer. I was like, oh, I'm really this for like before the full moon in Capricorn, but I think it's perfect. I think we're really <sighs> right. You're right. Being family with one another. Oh, we're absolutely. really like because Cancer season is all family. That's um, it. And I feel right at home with Capricorns because I'm a Capricorn moon. So yes. hello. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And you know what? I think honestly, like your moon sign has way more to do sometimes with your personality than sun because like so much I used to blame on being a Capricorn which I'm like no that was my Scorpio moon like being able to cut people off and be icy cold that's Scorpio shit I thought that was Capricorn that's fucking Scorpio shit (laughs) you're dead to me you're dead to me you and everyone who's associated with you out of my life be gone that's true yeah (laughs) okay so but also as an earth sign change and aesthetic change especially for me is like it's jarring, but not in a bad way because it's always right. about my friend self-expressing. So, right. So, but totally. like you didn't have a mustache and then like, I think your mustache had just started growing in and then it became a mustache. And then like, you've That's done right. so much facial hair over the last six months. And now one, once more, you are bald faced. Tell me That's about right. that. Is this Gemini stuff? Is this just playing? Is yes. this all the things? It's Gemini playing stuff. It is just like, you know what? I want variety, demarcation, differentiation. Mm. That's what it was. I've had a mustache for a while. I'm ready to let it go. And I'm ready to have the bold face for now. Totally. Yeah. And it's just like, it feels something about it feels summery where it's just like, I don't know, like just a fret, like, yeah. Cause hair and like too much hair on my face feels like it just makes me hot. So I love the, the fresh face. I could put a little vitamin C serum on and be out the door, ready to go. Oh. Um, okay, and also you're a Leo rising. Embarrassingly so, yes. Bevan and Beth, yes. What does that mean for you as a Leo rising? Oh, God. You know what I think it means? The older I get, the more I'm realizing that there is something really interesting about this space of visibility and uh, what it means to be public facing, what it means to, I don't know, almost like kind of, give other people permission slips just by living and existing and being, you know? And uh, I think a lot about Whitney Houston as an example. She was a Leo son, but her ability just to, to just walk into a room with such stature and dignity and elegance and grace and power, but compassion and a gentle strength, that to me feels very Leo. I also think that Leo rising is the value of self-disclosure, the value of vulnerable this is my interior world that's substantial that you need to hear about. Um, and I just think that like Leo rising is an energy that like brings the sunlight, brings the energy, brings the generative possibility. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's fun, but it, it, it can be a little exhausting at times for sure. I've noticed my Capricorn moon loves its isolation. So yeah. go ahead. Yeah. I mean, but then it's yeah. again, your polarity between autonomy and connection, right? Hundred uh, percent. I've noticed with Leo Risings that there's a reluctance for the spotlight, but a willingness to utilize the spotlight for a higher purpose. 
Okay, leave it to you to say it in two fucking sentences. That was one sentence, excuse me. No, the, 100%, because it was usually projected like, oh, there he goes, that scene stealer. He loves the... But like, I didn't know. I, I It just sort of followed me a little bit, you know? And so, but if I, once I started to understand, right, that it, I could use this for the betterment of others and for the space to have meaningful conversations, I was like, oh, I can leverage this. And, and honestly, I think Dolly Parton, I know she's not a Leo rising, but I think that she almost has a Leo energy of like, I will use glamour, aesthetics, mm-hmm. entertainment, and attention to get your attention, but you can't put make me the butt of the joke because I'm in on the joke. Yeah. And then because I have your hook, line, and sinker, I'm going to provide something substantial and meaningful to share. Yeah, you know, and that that feels very Leo. So does uh, the late astrologer Walter Mercado. We don't know his birth time. Do you know Walter Mercado? Did you watch Mucho Mucho Amor? Mucho like, Mucho Amor. Yes, of course. You know what? I know? I, you know, I watched it because my friend Skip told me that um, he reminded her of me and my grandmother <laughs> all at once, and I was like, "Oh, I'm in." And I watched it with my mom, and she's like, "Yeah, he does remind me of you and grandmother." Oh, great, right, because it's just like, it's just even drama, ridiculous, like over the top. But I love that he said, listen, you know, I study dance and I use my hands and I give the people the fashion because people love those things. But then once I get them, I'll teach a message of love and peace. Mm-hmm. And that feels Leo. And then if we honor that, you know, we can be dignified and, and, and exalted in certain areas. And if we don't, it comes out to get us. And I've had those experiences too. Yeah. yeah so I got to be careful. Oh, it's like, it's, I love Leos. They're so easy. Uh, you really? know, I find them easy because I love to appreciate and admire people and verbally. Oh, so, they love that. Yeah. Right. And words of affirmation are my easiest love language to give. And Leos love that. And so like, it's easy for me to be with Leos, but I can't, oh. I don't know that I could ever date one again, but I had a okay. lot of, I love chatting with a Leo because they'll also go a million places with me. Yeah. Do you have a Mars, Saturn, Jupiter, anywhere in Leo? Jupiter. Oh, you have a Jupiter. There we go. Okay, so no wonder you connect well with them because that that they that energy rules wisdom, expansion, and success. So when you're around Leo ruled concepts and figures, you can get there. And I also think of Leo energy as like the sign of like a Britney Spears figure or someone who just like grips the collective psyche, transcends it a little bit, and is the performer. You know, and where would we be without like? The energy, the charisma, the dancing, the life force, the vibrancy, the pow, you know? And when I want to connect to Leo, I just watch Britney Spears dance, Whitney Houston sing, and like, I'm good to go. I'm like, oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. 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 Oh, but Britney is a Sagittarius. She is. Which is a fire So is Billie Eilish. Yes. Yeah. So fire energy, truth tellers. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. I also think Billie Eilish having a Mars and Pisces explain um, everything for me because if you watch like her documentary and how she connects to her fans without words like she doesn't need the yeah. lyrics for her songs no. she has her feelings and just the tonality and just the eyes i don't know there's something very mystical oh, about billy eilish and britney spears honestly about how oh, they connect with their people that's right and like strong fire sign sons i don't think brit britney had i think some fifth house energy so not leo particularly but like she has something in the fifth i remember and oh my god yeah she was she is so beloved and yeah i think that's big leo energy too of like and they also you know what i love about leos they typically feel like they don't have something to prove yeah 
And when you have that energy of like, I don't have a shtick, I have nothing to prove. I'm just going to walk in. People love it. The minute others sense that you're trying to prove something and you got a bone to pick, they're like, mm, no, I don't want this. It's so funny. But that's, to me, that's Leo energy. Yeah. And I also thought about Leo energy when, uh, before I transferred from one school to the other in, in undergrad, I spent about a year and a half working as a fashion model. And I was studying astrology pretty, pretty well at the time, like almost all the time. And I will never forget the moment of like, when you're the next model up, the producer's holding the headphones and is like standing by last model, Colin, okay, and go. And then when they push you out and you make that right-hand turn and you see the wall of photographers and the light is on you, that, that adrenaline quiet hum felt very Leo. Like I'm going to engage in self-definition, movement, energy, like that's when I really knew Leo. And it was the scariest thing I've ever done, but I knew Leo then too. That's so good. And did you, okay, so you're a conventionally attractive person, right? We, yes, well, so. I know it's hard if, to say yeah. that one as yourself, but I yeah. will say this as you, and, and I've noticed so many people who are conventionally attractive, but also aware and critical of like the colonizer in the mind or the patriarchy mm. or whatever. Right. And like you wrote this really beautiful reflection of your time as a model. Um, oh, thank you for bringing that up. I loved it. It was so good yeah. and it's so real. And it's like, it's hard to be in an industry that really prioritizes a very specific uh, aesthetic that's ultimately unattainable because everyone's aging or temporarily able-bodied, right? So like, yes. there's no, there is no beauty ideal that is attainable because it is always lost. It's always a thing that can be lost unless you visualize and understand beauty to be inherent and mm -hmm. ever present and you are the beholder of all beauty and so you can find beauty in anything right so uh, yes, i, I, I feel that. you are a person who understands all of this but then you're like getting all this value from like these really kind of shallow and, and totally. weird things that are just all made up and like that talk about the tangle of those and yeah. like kind of divesting from body currency as a person for whom a lot of people place currency Oh yeah, that's a great question. Well, it actually started because as I was, it was a, it was a year into it. That's when I started my uh, transfer at the new school. I was going to Eugene Lane College New School for Liberal Arts, and it was a professor of mine who said, "Do you know of Ashley Mears' work called Pricing Beauty? She's done a lot of ethnographic research into being a fashion model because she was a scholar and a fashion model concurrently, and." when I read her book and started to understand how specific systems of oppression and advertising and booking agents and consumers dictate what beauty is based on colonial white supremacist able-bodied standards of beauty I was like I cannot participate in this ethically now because like once you see it you almost can't unsee it and I knew at the time that something felt sticky about the work mm -hmm. but I was 2021 like I just dropped out of college. I was like, oh, maybe this could be my golden ticket. Maybe I could pay my student loans back. Like I was, I was in survival mode and like, I'll just take anything to get out of what I'm in now. And so I didn't need, but I knew something felt weird that like nobody wanted to hear me speak. Nobody wanted to hear me talk. Nobody wanted to talk to me. And I was like, I don't like this. Like I usually prefer more of like small talk. How are you? Blah, blah, blah. That was not there. And that felt weird. But then I kept having people tell me, isn't this great? Good for you. You got this great opportunity. You know, you're very lucky. And I'm like, but like, this doesn't feel lucky. Not to quote Brittany, but it like, it felt weird, you know? And then uh, it was when I was going to school. Uh, 
<laughs> right. I don't like, but I'm lonely in my lonely heart. No, but I was like, I don't like this. And then when I started to learn about it through school and I would go from seminar to these experiences, I was like, this is why this feels gross. I do not like this. Mm-hmm. And then it was actually a Pisces friend of mine who said, Colin, you should not be valued for your face. You need to be valued for your mind. You need to go full force in school because you can't be in two worlds anymore. And I, and that's what I did. Yeah. And I just stopped and stayed in school. I never went to another audition, go see meeting ever again. Yeah. But it, it was hard. It was really hard. And it just, and yeah, it's still, and, and the modeling industry is so different now in 2021 than it, than it was in 2011, 2012, you know, this was pre-Instagram, you know, bookers were telling me bring a skateboard to things to, to, to appear more masculine. And, w- and watch your bounce on your runway walk. Because all I wanted to be was Giselle Boonchin. I just wanted my Giselle moment, you know? And they were like, no, you're too bouncy. You need to walk with more, you know? And it bored me, you know? So <laughs> it was just, I'm, gl- I'm glad I got out uh, and I could totally see its valid criticisms. And actually the Model Alliance is doing great work on that too, of like working and, li- and organizing for labor protections for American fashion models to provide pro bono work, to get them out of their contracts, to be advocates and provide uh, any level of therapy or uh, justice advocacy if they report sexual abuse or sexual harassment. So it's, it's a really, really wonderful and complicated but adventurous space for me in my life, yeah. Okay, so you can find me if I'm hearing this correctly. Oh, okay, we're playing mind reading. Well, Bevan, now we know we could like non-verbally talk shit if we ever needed to. Um, so you can find me at Queer Cosmos. You can schedule reading with me in spring, summer uh, 2021. Um, and that's my Instagram handle. My website is queercosmos.com. I have a couple of books out if you want to support that because I have a lot of student loans to pay back. Police. And uh, thank you so much for listening to this conversation. And Bevan, thank you so much for having me. Hey, free Britney.